welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Matthias. And I'm Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis and I are um, uh, wizened. Wizened? Is that, the, is, that, is that the word? Wizened? Is it like wizened? Like wizardly? Wiz- but it's like w- like withered a little bit. We, we, a we, are, we are withered, wizened, old storytellers uh, spinning an endless tale for uh, a lord. Except it's really, really, really boring. And so we're <laughs> going to get executed unless we do something about that. Mm-hmm. So to upgrade our, our storytelling proficiency, we are issuing a challenge. Each week we sit down. Our goal is to write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words then we come on the podcast we read a story we talk about what we learned in reading it and then we talk about stories sent in by you wonderful dunderful listeners exactly we're here to help you do the right thing a doof media a doof media production Woo! Um, election is over we did it <laughs> god fuck fuck <laughs> what a well he's got a couple of months as a lame duck president um Ideally, mm-hmm. if he doesn't do some coup shit, probably not. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no. See, I don't think he's he's going to do any coup shit, but he's definitely going to, like, knock over the China cabinet on his way out. You yeah. Know? Well, that's that's okay. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. hey, hopefully uh, Joe and Harris are ready for um, <laughs> whatever horrible presidency donald trump left be behind but it was a it was a eventful election process it took a whole bunch of of days i was surprised it took five days for us to finally get get a uh winner but even now um (laughs) there are there are lawsuits floating in the air so we are still unsure about how all of this is going to turn out but yeah, I hope all hopeful. of y'all uh, were not tired of more election coverage from all the from all your news. You tune on your your favorite writing prompt podcast and get another <laughs> another dose of it right now. Yeah, this is like um, what your seventeenth dose in this entire week. Are you I, not tired of talking about politics? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we we've we've so we're not we're no longer in a tailspin, right? We're no longer just no, free yeah. falling straight down to earth, but we are. Like the 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 plane is righted, but we are still going toward the ground. We're mm-hmm. just trying to pull up now. How I feel is is that we were in a tailspin, right? And then we pulled up, but then we noticed, oh no, we're heading towards Mount Everest. <laughs> so so now we're trying to maneuver out of the the way, and I hope that someone will be able to pull up. And get us back on track. It's like that scene from 2012. Yes, it is. I completely, I completely forgot about that that movie and how so many people thought the world was actually going to end because some old calendar said it would. Except it didn't even do that. Yeah. In so, fact, 20. In fact, 2012 compared to 2020 was a pretty good year. I'm not gonna lie. Oh my god, I don't. God, people are dumb. <laughs> <sighs> I can't. Oh, God, unfathomable stupidity. You just you just remember stuff like that. And you're just in pain that people really, mm-hmm. really, truly believe that the world is about to end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, most but, people didn't. Most people were like, ah, it's gonna end. Ha ha. Yeah, um, but but there were a good amount of people that did 
Stock up on food. Stock up on, I feel on, like, wa- on water. I feel like people everyone bunkers. was was like, I feel like the vast majority of people were like, nah, it's not going to end. But if it did end, they would have been like, I knew it was going to end. Yeah. <laughs> I, exactly. I said, I said that. I may have winked afterwards to signal that it was totally a joke, but But I, I was it. completely right. <laughs> I, yeah. I am the main character. I believed the, the random news uh articles about the world ending in 2012 i am the oracle of the future (laughs) yeah which i mean hey nothing has really changed when it came when it comes to the uh stupid stupid stupidity of the general public but hey i feel that um 2021 will be very promising hopefully for you me and everybody else and i think it'll be bright for for us all around as a people society and great american nation we solved government we solve we solve government and next is time to kill racism speaking of speaking of uh solving government um what are the words this week so the words for this week are can i get a drum roll real quick I mean, it's not really an announcement. It's just exactly jokes on you. I don't need a drum roll. <clears throat> yeah, well, Jarvis, the... just look at the title of this episode. Yeah, I am. So the words for this week are button, band, era, and short. Uh, that's right. And which of the words didn't you use? Well, I didn't use button, band, and era, and I didn't do that because I didn't write a story this week. But, but you did we use are... short. I did use short. I uh, always respect my sort kinks but <laughs> stupid <laughs> but um, uh we are not going to be bringing one of one of our stories and instead we are going to be talking about the the endless tale by james baldwin yeah so i made a little mistake here i i issued uh, two challenges on accident the the challenge that we ac- we actually talked about last week was um third person omniscient right but Mm -hmm. in the um prompt i wrote about morality tales and uh that was sort of supposed to be for 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 this week um but so uh the 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 challenge we'll be issuing for for this week on on this tale that we're about to talk about is a nested storytelling but we'll, we'll get into that later um yeah so the 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 prompt for next week will be actually be uh, nested storytelling because uh there's there is a story within the story here and we're gonna sort of examine what that does uh but let's let's uh let's just get into it this is the endless tale by james baldwin all right cool in the far east there was a great king who had no work to do every day and all day long he sat on soft cushions and listened to stories and no matter what the story was about, he never grew tired of hearing it, even though it was very long. There is only one fault that I find with your story, he often said. It is too short. All the storytellers in the world were invited to his place, and some of them told tales that were very long indeed, but the king was always sad when the story was ended. At last, he sent word into every city and town and country place, offering a prize to anyone who would tell him an endless tale. He said, To the man who that will tell me a story which lasts which lasts forever, I shall give my fairest daughter for his wife, and I will make him my heir, and he shall be king after me. But that was not all. He added a very hard condition. If any man shall try to tell such a story and then fail, he shall have his head cut off. 
The king's daughter was very pretty, and there were many young men in that country who were willing to do anything to win her. But none of them wanted to lose their heads, and so only a few tried for the prize. One young man invented a story that lasted three months, but at the end of that time he could think of nothing more. His fate was a warning to others, and it was a long time before another storyteller was so rash as to try the king's patience. But one day a stranger from the south came into the palace. Great king, he said. Is it true that you offer a prize to the man who can tell you a story that has no end? It is true, said the king. And shall this man have your fairest daughter for his wife, and shall he be your heir? Yes, if he succeeds, said the king. But if he fails, he shall lose his head. Very well, then, said the stranger. I have a pleasant story about locusts, which I would like to relate. Tell it, said the king. I will listen to you. The storyteller began his tale. Once upon a time, a certain king seized upon all the corn in this country and stored it away in a strong granary. But a swarm of locusts came over the land and saw where the grain had been put. After searching for many days, they found on the east side of the granary a crevice that was just large enough for one locust to pass through at a time. So one locust went in and carried away a grain of corn. Then another locust went in and carried a grain of corn. Then another locust went in and carried away a grain of corn. Day after day, week after week, the man kept on saying, then another locust came in and carried away another grain of corn. A month passed. A year passed. At the end of two years, the king said, How much longer will the locust be going in and carrying away corn? Oh, great king, said the storyteller. They have, as of yet, cleared only one cubit, and there are many thousands of cubit in the grattery. Man, man, cried the king. You will drive me mad. I can listen to it no longer. Take my daughter, be my heir, rule my kingdom, but do not let me hear another word about those horrible locusts. And so the strange storyteller married the king's daughter, and he lived happily in the land for many years. But his father-in-law, the king, did not care to listen to any more stories. So that was the endless tale, um, mm -hmm. which was, luckily, this, this part of the tale was not so endless. Um, <laughs> honestly i was surprised at how uh succinct this 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 story was and it definitely added to uh i guess the overall impact and purpose of the story itself yeah it was uh nice and quick and and and, and wrapped up mm -hmm. um it's a uh, very much a, obviously james baldwin is not a uh an arabic uh name he's not an arabic author right but it's yeah. sort of set in this sort of setting of uh the uh, 1001 uh arabian nights yeah um uh, th i mean th this isn't necessarily like set in in that but it's in the same sort of style mm -hmm. um about those 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 kings in the east and uh, having read some of 1001 nights i was lucky enough to not lucky enough but <laughs> I have one mm -hmm. of those uh, those fancy Barnes Noble like you know sh uh, shelf books, the ones that are really nice looking. But it's a uh, Thousand One Nights, and it's actually really really. It, so it's it, it's in that Thousand One Arabian Nights style. It, what's really what I found fascinating about that 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 book is how many Nessa narratives there are. Mm -hmm. So uh, for Thousand One Nights, it's that there's an overarching story, which is uh, Shazerazad uh, telling. The king a bunch of stories right so that's that's the that's the frame right yeah and then within that you have her stories and within those stories sometimes people tell stories and sometimes those people tell stories about people who tell stories so um <laughs> a yeah, lot of layers here yeah there's a lot of layers uh but each one usually gets a little bit more simple and mm -hmm. um like 
easier to to understand, right? So you'll have uh, Shazerzad telling a story, and that's a pretty you know complex tale going on there. And then you'll have another. You, you'll have her, you know, telling a story about someone who interacts with the genie, and then the genie will tell a story how about how it got into the bottle, and then the character in that might just say like a quick like uh, you know morality sort of tale about like a like an Aesop fable basically. Mm, um, I see. And um, I always find that really interesting of how it like reflects on the tale as a whole each each nested narrative, but mm-hmm. it also reflects on like the character specifically because uh, they, they serve different purposes. So I I think in this one, um, there's less of a, ref- of a reflection on the tale as a whole. It's more on like the 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 story about the the locusts who who keep taking out the the grain. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, which so, I I mm-hmm. oh no, go ahead. Well, there's a lot you can you can read into there, but it's you know primary purpose is just to show something really really boring. <laughs> Be like, hey, <laughs> not everything is interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's where a lot of the charm of the story does come from. I mean, of course, it has that very storytelling tone, so you are already going into it with a like lighter heart in a sense. But uh, as you go through uh the narrator is is quick to set up this king and and what he likes and uh kind of how we we lead to the ending which is a very comical twist of how this story that that does never end is also the most boring story and i guess it is also kind of commenting on the nature that a good story does have to end and a good story is mo- as more times than not as short as it possibly can it is succinct so i mean overall i just really liked the overall flow of of this story and i think the usage of this nested narrative really does bring the the overall point across and and i mean going back to like what what you said on how these stories within these stories are typically more simple i really found that true when it came to this story how there was of course so much leading up to where this stranger does does come to tell his story to the king but his story in itself is the simplest most bland story possible uh <laughs> where the main caveat as to how he was able to wed and uh and become the the heir is that uh this 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 mythical kingdom has way too much grain so i found that very funny <laughs> yeah what i what i find funny what the, the thing i find the most amusing is uh, so he starts telling this this tale, right? It says day after day, week after week, the man kept on saying, and then a month passed, a year passed, year two. At years. the end of two years, the king said, "How much <laughs> longer will the locusts be going in and carrying away corn?" I mean, that's a long time to be okay with just hearing the same sentence over and yeah. over and over again. I so I would have been done after a week. Yeah. Well, that's, not that's even crazy. a week, like an hour, or, or not even <laughs> not even an hour, like the. Honestly, I feel like you would realize what's happening within like two minutes yeah. of him doing that as soon as he repeats honestly, it like five times you're like wait yeah. a second and he and does also, it for another am, 10 minutes i'm honestly so surprised that that the king didn't end up killing him because yep. yes he he did meet the re the requirements but at the same time he didn't because he's not really telling a story he's just telling a tale that doesn't have an end um so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, if 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 I was in this world, if 
I was this this king. As you said, after he he said it for the fifth time, I would have said guards, and then they would have came and like drug him him off. I mean, that would be a that would be a different way to to tell the story for sure. It I think that would be just as valid and, and have just a slightly different moral of like, hey, don't try to be a clever little shit because <laughs> you get <laughs> yeah. So I. So I guess one of the morals of this is that it pays to be a clever little shit. <laughs> or or uh, or that when you are faced with a tax that seems impossible, uh, sometimes the best way to get uh, around that is the easiest. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Yeah, there is there's so much that, that you can really take from this from this story. And I think the reason for that being is because the story is so straightforward that it kind of begs to be looked at deeper in a sense. Yeah. Um and I think uh you can you can view that that inner story also as um like I said of of a, another reflection of the story like what what are these locusts, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and to me they're kind of people sort of taking away from the king right because it's it, the king and that's story that's that's his granny's he's locked it away right um and then the locusts come in and, and start taking it um and um all these people are slowly slowly taken away one by one by one um and maybe this is sort of like a sign of like hey that's that's a way that you can you could you could, you should uh, steal from the the, the the government instead of, of <laughs> trying to seize it all in one place because it's it's too powerful um and and sort of like an implication of like or, or maybe an implication of that's actually a bad idea because then you won't actually ever get it all back because it, it takes forever um mm-hmm. but those are just some ideas that are not necessarily super reflective in the rest of of the story right if the, the story is a little bit different about how this is a totally evil king uh, although he is kind of evil and mm-hmm. well i mean uh, they they never blanketly say that the king is evil uh in a sense it, it kind of seems like the king is characterized as, as just doing kingly things or as being a lazy king but never evil i guess yeah yeah i mean just he's not a good king is yeah. is my point right he's he kills storytellers just because they don't give him what he wants yeah. because because he's bored <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> rich world problems i guess <laughs> just too too bored as as a king um but um but how people uh are not fighting back against this king they're just trying to take some Please stuff him. away from him like one by one they're trying to get his daughter or whatever mm-hmm. one by one things like daughter that. kingdom heir which hey that was that's a heavy bargain, right? Like, I don't know if if I was a proficient storyteller like that, I would definitely try. Only because I I could go from being a peasant to being an actual god just by telling a really long story. So, I mean, I, I don't think you you would be heir to the throne. I think the the king's son would be. But yes, you would you would immediately become a wealthy nobleman kind of thing. Mm, yeah, probably. Or you die. <laughs> yeah, that is that is always a option, especially if the townspeople decide to revolt. Then your then uh, your head is as good as the king's. So, which is to say, not very good. <laughs> um, 
uh, I for one of my world literature courses, I I read a basically uh, a thousand and one nights fan fiction. Oh really? Um, okay. I, th- I can't remember what that one was called. Um, but it was one really good. One and two nights. No, it was it was basically set like afterwards. So after the Shazerzad tells a thousand one nights, the king's like, "Okay, fine, you're fine, you're good. <laughs> I won't I won't kill you." Um. Although I mean, she for sure does a better job of of telling a story than than this guy. That's for sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, um, it, but but it was it was really well done. But there's a lot of like blood and and horrible violence. Um, mm. actually, like a lot of heads getting cut off. Um, oh God, okay, <laughs> that was interesting. I guess it As goes south choice. pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, oh. well, yeah, yeah, kind of. Basically, there's a bunch of, of djinn doing stuff. There's some good djinn and some bad djinn, but, mm-hmm. um, like, there's basically, like, a whole sort of, like, conspiracy thing going on with a, a djinn messing around with everyone. Ooh. And, uh, possessing people and getting them to murder other people and horrible stuff, and it's, wow. it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, hey, it, it sounds good. I, I wish I could... Uh, have the uh, attention span to read all of a thousand and and one nights, but that's a thicky. But <laughs> it is quite long. It is not. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it's not actually a thousand and one stories. That would be a lot. But <laughs> well, all right. So the uh, challenge for for you listeners next week, uh, going off of this this story that we both love very much, we challenge you to to try your hand at your own nested story a story within a story it can be in any setting any place with any uh amount of characters that you really want all we are really all we are really looking for is how you decide to to tell that larger or or that larger or smaller story within your overarching story yeah so uh just consider um having a situation where a, a character has to uh, relay a story for whatever reason um, and that reflects on them and maybe the story as a whole. Um, I, I think generally it, the, the, the story within gets used as a either like reflection of the greater theme or mm-hmm. just as a, as a narrative t- tool. So, so don't get too, um, y- you know, wrapped up in, in, in to hold yourself back just because like you feel like it needs to reflect on, on the story of a whole um, you know, just let just let the the story flow out. Yeah, because I mean, looking at at this story, uh, the story within a story didn't really talk about the overall theme at uh, at all. It was it was used uh, as you said as a tool for the narrative uh, to uh, basically to basically punctuate this uh, this story and uh, give us a really good and uh, clever twist. So yeah, the uh, door is completely open to whatever you might may think of writing. All right. Um, well, let's get into the story submitted for uh, from last week. Of course. So thank you so much to everyone who submitted a story. It does us, it does our heart good and warm to hear to see you submitting your story. And the stories we are going to be reading this week are by Ace of Sword, No Goodbye, Motive Name, Sarah Penguin, and Flower Priest. And the first up is by Ace of Sword with Chain. Yeah, so this is um, 
the 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 third story in the series. Also, I wanted to say real quick, thanks to everyone who who uh, reflected on their own story. Y'all did a really great job of mm-hmm. of considering your own um, stories. Don't forget to uh, leave a comment on someone else's to to uh, give them some some reflection as well because that's always really valuable but we really do appreciate that you guys take the time to reflect and uh, see what you think of your own writing the, the the thing that you just created i think that that's uh, really really well done mm-hmm. um so in this story uh, this is the the third entry um but here there is a kingdom that's separated from the savage lands and the remnants of the broken empire um there's these two mountain ranges with uh, castles on the other side um uh, protecting it uh, but in in between there's just a nice like idyllic land of, of farmers and things like that and adventurers go out into these these uh, s- uh s- scary and dangerous places on either side um but uh uh for the most part when, when they get back they don't stay at the the castles there because there's not really like a market instead they go to these wandering caravans and there's a, a long description of that there's a lot of, of world building here on um the situation here with the 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 caravans and such uh but we we come to this one little band of um uh, adventurers here at one of these traveling markets um talking about how uh this this exile tyrant um when they died there was a a tear uh, crystallized with all of their emotion which was full of full of um love which is a setting up sort of a mystery of like why was he feeling love at the moment he was stabbed what what's mm-hmm. going on here uh but then we, we we pan out to see uh a dark mage overlooking this this sort of camp uh with um a bunch of orcs at his uh at their command mm-hmm. um and uh the they they prepare they they get um covered in illusion that makes them look like humans rather than orcs and they prepare to descend upon the the camp uh knowing that if they die they will never be uh buried properly according to orc custom but um they are doing a a sacrifice for their group um for the unifier yeah as as they prepare to to go into battle they whisper among themselves uh, for the unifier which sort of implies that there is this is might actually be a, not a horrible you know orc raid a la lord of the rings but maybe something mm-hmm. a little bit more noble yeah definitely so i really like this this story uh, i really enjoy how much time is taken to uh really describe this land and its people and it really feels like um this world is being brought to to life through this world building uh, and I really do like where where it is heading, and um, I like how much tension is being built up towards towards this this raid, and it is definitely making me look forward to uh, exactly where the story is going to go. So fantastic job! Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a little bit. It it is a little bit floaty, and it mm-hmm. we go from the world building to this camp of adventurers to uh, these orcs, and they're not super connected but it seems like it's setting up a lot i was mm-hmm. most interested in in the orcs and i think that it's a, a nice little um direction for the story to go in and yeah uh, i'm interested in that definitely definitely well all right up up next is by no goodbye with spare air 
So we open here talking about um, how much air a tank of oxygen has, which is uh, good for roughly 1,525 breaths, just about an hour and a half of safe air time. I wonder mm-hmm. if uh, No Goodbye actually like Googled that to, to find out exactly how many breaths you take in an hour and a half. I <laughs> yeah. find that interesting. Or if it's just a, a speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, but it, it describes how, um, it, with the implication that people are sort of living in domes after some sort of... Um, apocalypse it makes the the surface world uninhabitable for the most part um that uh, the unemployed is what it says which is a nice little <laughs> derogatory term for uh, <laughs> these adventurers who go out and they purchase these uh these oxygen tanks and they they go out to explore and, and collect things from the old world that they can sell to the rich back at home basically um and uh, it's it's somewhat dangerous and uh, but but it's one of the most interesting things to do, and that's why people do it. Because uh, while there's time, there, there's plenty of books and, and things to read in the domes. There's not much time to read it. Everyone is too busy working, and so to find an activity that is both interesting and productive is really mm-hmm. rare, right? Yeah. Oh, which I which I thought was an interesting perspective on here. But as we continue, the uh, it, it gets a little bit more complex, talking about how uh, the government inside these domes is actually very very um, oppressive, and the worst part about it is that it's the only option. There is no way to get out without these oxygen tanks. But then you have to come back anyway, and uh, they're increasing their control by increasing the price of these oxygen tanks. Um, and and then there's the implication that all of these uh, roamers, all of these people who go out and and search for stuff are going to be they're, they're sort of gathering together and teaming up to do something there's their stockpile ox- oxygen tanks um mm-hmm. not a ton uh, as many as they can but not enough to like just build a new society but enough to do something um and uh, with some sort of implication that there will be some sort of uh, revolutionary action in the future yeah, yeah. So I really love this dystopia that is being built up. I mean, we we go from really great description of this sort of barren land, uh, and we get a really strong sense as to what the actual dangers that like lurk out outside are. Um, and then we jump into the life within this this dome, and it uh, reminds me so so much of like any uh dis dis of any dystopia that uh we've we've read uh but i do like how it's kind of bringing its its own spin on it and there's a strong sense of of hopelessness and sorrow throughout throughout this this whole piece which uh definitely puts more in definitely puts more emphasis on this budding revolution at the end so yeah uh this is definitely like a really strong piece and i uh would definitely love to uh see what does happen after this if you do choose to continue it but overall fantastic job mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i was very much just interested in this sort of perspective on these uh adventurer types mm-hmm. a lot definitely. of a lot of stuff about adventurers in this in this set of stories <laughs> yeah there are well, all right. Up next is by Motive Name with New Dreams for the Rat Queen. Um, that's yeah, that's my middle name. Um, <laughs> so uh, we Rat open queen. here, and uh, it was was the adventurer a, a squirrel adventurer or a rat adventurer? Um, 
See, I I know he was an outsider. So... I, I think there's the implication that they are a scroll adventure, and the only thing that was holding me back is that um, they went and saw the squirrel um, secret caches. Mm. And so that kind of seemed to me that they were not a squirrel. But um, anyway, this is a digression at the very beginning. Um, so we, we open here, we have this adventure. Um, they've, they've just arrived back home, and there's sort of a celebration in their honor, and they sort of run through... Um, you know, all these things that they've done, uh, going out there into the world and finding all these things and seeing all these places, um, um, it, all, all around the world in these fantastical areas. Um, and it has a, this adventurer's button that gets, it gets him into places because it's, he's, you know, just a person of honor. Um, and, but he really, really loved, uh, adventuring. He's actually, he, 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 the celebration stuff is just something that other people are putting on for him, not necessarily something that he wants himself. And what he, uh, likes the most is to go out there and, and smell the air and, uh, to, uh, be in, in, in the rough, um, areas. But he's been invited to the throne room to tell a story. So here's actually a nested narrative right here. Nice. Um, where he has to, he has to tell a story that he has heard to, um, the queen. And I, I think when he gets there, basically he realizes that, oh, the queen's actually been deposed. This is a different queen. Um, a, a queen with uh, feathers rather than fur. So not, not a, a rat queen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he tells the story of, uh, this, this Aesop fable, a real one, um, f- called, uh, the frogs who desired a king who, uh, where, uh, these frogs, one of the kings, so they asked the gods for, uh, for a king, the gods gave them a log, uh, which we're very excited about. Um, but the log doesn't actually do anything, so they asked for a more interesting king. And uh, the gods sent down a stork uh, that ate them all. <laughs> um, sort of a be-careful-what-you-wish-for kind of thing. Yeah. And so in response to that, the, uh, the, the, the queen sort of implies, oh, uh, you don't actually want to rule. You don't want power. You actually just want an adventure. You don't want to be here at all. Uh, which actually makes you perfect to be our puppet leader, a log <laughs> king who won't actually do anything and will just kind of sit on the throne. And so the story kind of closes with uh, basically the uh, our, our main character getting put into a sort of like, um, not prison, a, a but a, um, I don't know what to call it, like a set of restrictions basically yeah. in the world kind of getting dark as they sort of assume this role, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I I think this story has a very strong s- sense of character, and I do feel that uh, the main character is what is definitely pushing this this story forward. And I also do like how the story within this story does actually affect the outside story. So it feels very in in place, and it feels a lot more important than than you might think. Just like reading it off of the back. And I mean, overall, I, I love a lot of the description and it really kind of sets the tone and stage for this sort of like tiny kingdom, right? Um, and yeah, overall, I think that... Let me see, hold on. And yeah, uh, I just really like... yeah. And I just really like how strong the main character's core in 
tensions are. And I mean, that really does bring the, the story to its conclusion. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, uh, saw in, uh, the, uh, I saw in the comments where, where it said, why do we only have one, one week of a, uh, of a horror? Cause this story is at the very end, kind of horrifying. And I really did, uh, appreciate that. And I felt the, um, the lack of air and, uh, claustrophobia very much so so great job yeah for a, a small critique I, I did find the the ending a little confusing exactly what was happening um mm-hmm. so if that was taking like a little slower um and describing a little bit more of what the actual implications of of being becoming a sort of log king um is <laughs> I, that would have been uh interesting um uh, but uh yeah i really i i really like this 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 retelling of the story within here and I like how it's it's set up as something that they heard on their adventure mm-hmm. um and sort of the the greater implications of uh the whole political system that that's that's going on here yeah definitely and up next is by sarah penguin with the chosen so congrats sarah penguin on on finishing uh the princess and the spy master which uh, finished last uh, I think last week, right? Last week, yeah. Um, so so really well done, <laughs> capping that one off. Uh, that was a long, long journey. What was that twenty two um, so, uh, sections? Yeah, yeah. I I, I hope uh, you're feeling really good about it because I, I know that's a lot of words. That's got to be probably like four forty to fifty thousand words at that I know. point. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> something like that. Um, which is very very impressive. Um, so uh, in, in this one we, which is not related to that, this is an entirely new IP. Uh, Mai um, is uh, in a sort of like little coming of age ritual, except she's uh, much more of age. She's nineteen, except her husband has died, so she's kind of been put back into this ritual um, as an unwed uh, person. Um, and uh, so she's there's all these children, but she's kind of childlike too around her, um, and uh, they're being handed these these sticks that are uh, signify something. One of them will get chosen to do something with the gods and we're not entirely sure what it is mm-hmm. uh, as as we go through it um but this old woman hands her a stick and after she opens her eyes she thought it was blank but now it has a red mark on, on it saying that she's been chosen so she's going to get uh taken and she's immediately um taken and, and covered in um uh was it lamb fat i think it was yeah it was fat sheep fat that's what it is mm. um and uh, it's she's kind of uh, overwhelmed and bewildered by by the whole uh process of the ritual that that's going on here uh she gets covered in sheep fat and then um taken to a cave where the beast lived um and she uh is is blindfolded and 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 uh tied when, when she gets there she's terrified she thinks that she's gonna get eaten this old woman that's there uh basically just tells her well too bad you're gonna get eaten and i i think the implication is sort of <laughs> that she was like intentionally picked by this grandmother sort of figure this old woman to get that stick that mm. uh gets her chosen but she goes in there she sees the beast she's terrified by it it's giant and horrible um it has all these spikes that could impale her uh but then this one of the older chosen is there and actually uh, unties her and everything and actually says no it's actually fine it's uh herbivores it doesn't eat people it's uh, really really just fine but um, no one believes us when we when we tell them that. Um, last girl got killed horribly when she tried to tell them that. So mm-hmm. we're just gonna be there here. Uh, but the the beast apparently is actually dead, and a new one has just hatched. Um, 
and it's very small. Uh, I, I mean, not that small. It's actually like knee height, but compared to how big the beast was, um, very small. And uh, sort of the implication of, of a sort of lesson here being like, how can people believe that something is so horrible without even seeing it? Yeah. So uh, I really like how this sort of culture is being constructed here and how throughout this sort of ritual, uh, the the means to the end, the whole reason why they are doing this is left very ambiguous to the audience and the people that are being like chosen for it. And I mean, overall, I just really dig a um, lot of how this world is is really colored, and I uh, and I do really like the uh, ending, in how this beast that we thought would definitely eat her turns out to not be all all that scary, and that it seems that uh, Maya is now part of something bigger, like part of this larger plan, and probably has to start taking care of this tiny baby beast. And I am very un I'm very unsure of like how that will kind of end up. Uh, I I know when I started reading it, uh, to me it definitely harkened to uh, I think it was, if not the most recent the uh, the one be before last um, episode of the Mandalorian, which I which I really really dug, and I uh, and I do really in enjoy stories that involve small small groups kind of feeding people to these larger <laughs> okay. beasts for for safety i don't know i just i find strange joy out of it um but yeah overall i just really dig this uh, story and i think it's written very well so fantastic job yeah um it, it, and i applaud sarah penguin for uh trying out something new and, and, and different uh for one little thing here i i um, there's a couple places where I, I think this is a little too fast paced where, mm-hmm. where I, I think there's sometimes where it could, it could take the time to slow down and show us more de- character thoughts. For example, um, when she gets to the beast and, and the, the older, um, chosen girl, um, says, um, the beast is not so scary. It turns out she's no before eats plants, not people. Right. Um, and then immediately, uh, Mai says that's great. We can go back and tell everyone, which is good, and I think that's what she should be saying. That I feel like that's that's perfectly in character with the naivety and everything about her. But mm-hmm. I feel like there should be a moment between that, you know, gigantic realization of oh, this whole thing, this thing I've been scared about for forever, is actually just fine. Yeah. Um, should maybe you know get like a small like a paragraph of of thought, thinking about that and reflecting about how she feels now that there's this big realization and. You know uh, what a shame it is that people are like a have always been afraid of it, and there's no reason to be afraid. And this sort of thing of um, letting each of these sort of realizations sort of breathe. And I think there's some other moments in here that that, that could have benefited from that. Um, but yeah, maybe just taking the time to have characters show what they're feeling and um, what this sort of like uh, what the setting is like. And maybe she's looking at the the beast and getting surprised and being like, oh, so this those those uh that that beak um which looks like it could tear out my throat um i'm, I'm saying beak because it was like turtle like i don't actually know if it has a beak <laughs> um is actually you know just made for for cutting leaves and it's actually leaves on the floor or whatever that kind of thing of using the the environment and and, and space to uh reflect upon realizations mm-hmm. definitely definitely but overall great a uh, great job and uh up next is Flower Priest with the Poison Pool. 
Yeah, so I think this is one of the the, the clearest morality tales that we that we. I mean, I, there was a lot of morality tales here, they, including the last one that we just talked about. But yeah. this one especially really feels like a story with a very clear um, theme and, and and message that is intentionally going about this way, and I, I think it's really well done. So here uh, we start off the the. the there is this uh, small village. It's it's dirty and poor in a poor country, and the people there um, have to work a lot, and they're they're very miserable. But there is this one joy that in their childhood, um, before they have to start working, they can go to this pool of water uh, between two hills. It's hidden. Uh, no, no outsiders are allowed to know about it, lest that it be taken advantage of. Um, and uh, which which stays true the entire story, I, I, which I find. Well, well done because uh I, I certainly expected basically that that secret to be shared and when it didn't and something else happened i i was pleased mm-hmm. um so uh there's these two kids that, that go there they meet each other and they sort of fall in love a boy and a girl um at this pool in in their childhood and they're very happy about it um but uh the mo- the girl's mother dies and she has to start taking care of her kids of, of you know her siblings and that makes her unhappy and the boy sees that and is unhappy and so he decides, even though he's not the, he's he's one of the smartest of of the village. Uh, he's going to work really really hard to get the scholarship to go to a school so that he can become a rich person and um, help his his girl. Um, and so he works really really hard to to do that. Uh, he you know finally the day of the test comes and he actually doesn't get it. Another one, mm-hmm. another boy gets it, and so he sort of despairs and he runs off. Um, you know, feeling horrible about the whole thing, about cursing the gods for, um, cursing God or cursing gods, I don't remember. Cursing divinities uh, <laughs> for making the world so horrible that the the girl, that everyone has to work so hard, that the girl has to work so hard, that he didn't get his opportunity and so many other things. But eventually when he sits down, he actually sits in oil. Uh, he's found a deposit of oil. And he knows that this is valuable. So he uh, goes home and he... Uh, tells the girl and they tell no one and they work really hard and eventually they're able to purchase the land which they sell to a foreigner and they um they get cheated but there still is plenty of money uh, to, to do what they want to do mm-hmm. uh, to live a, a happy life and they move to america they <laughs> uh, uh get a, a degree and they they have a child and, and seem relatively happy and eventually though they come back and um when they get back they see that the village is gone and instead there's a bunch of machinery and foreign things. And basically, you know, here's the consequences of their actions. Right. Uh, But they hopefully they're hoping they find the pool. They do find the pool and it's still there and it still seems perfect. And they tell their kid, go swim in the pool. Um, And uh, they're, they're they're content that maybe their village is gone, but at least they, they had this except then the child's gone and they realize that the pool is actually toxic. It looks fine, but it's totally toxic and poisonous. And the kid is uh, probably going to die just like mm-hmm. the girl's mother did. So, yeah, this is a very uh, sad story, but I do love how it fully comes back uh, around. And also really the focus of this story. I mean, like at its core, it starts off as this, as this love story and this sort of, this sort of dedication to one uh another and then even when they do strike at fortune that that fortune in inherently comes back to curse them so there is a lot of like secular moments within this story that perfectly wraps it up 
And I mean, beyond that, I really do love the prose. And I love how how this sort of tone that is being carried uh, across and the flow overall. And it, and it really does, at the same time, make me feel sad for these people's lives, but also hopeful, at least in the beginning, that they will make it. Only for that hope to kind of be crushed when we find out that they did live long and, and good lives, but that the consequences of their own actions didn't only de destroy their town but it also made them lose their child so yeah there's just a lot to really pull out of this story and it's fantastically constructed so great great job yeah i i, I like a lot in here um i think there's a lot to to read in in this idea of um basically selling out your your childhood for the the future you know the shortcuts that that we take that are horrible um, how, um, you know, different ways that society needs to be improved, you know, a, a sacrifice for a collective, for, for other people's childhoods rather than um, for your own future and, and so many other things. Um, and uh, I think that's sort of the power of, of these sort of simple sort of morality tales is that they, yeah. they, they that theme does come across very strongly and, and gets you to feel a little bit more. Um, and I think that's a, a strength, particularly of short stories, because that, you, you just go in there, you tell the story and, and, and hit someone with, with that theme and then you back out. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe people will, could reflect on this and think, you know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't sell out. Um, yeah, maybe I shouldn't sell out period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So yeah, please, uh, come and read this story. Cause it's definitely a really, really good one. That's worthy of a read. Well, all right. Uh, we just want to give a well. Backing up. We're all right. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who did submit a story, uh, and yeah, we just want to give a big old do the right thing. Thank you to those people. So thank you so much to Ace of Sword. Thank you to No Goodbye. Motive name. Sarah Penguin and Flower Priest. Thank you so much for leaving your stories this week. Uh, y'all did a really really great job of of doing that i really appreciate it and if you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing you can do that by going to slash r slash do the right thing all you have to do is go to the latest week use three of four words from that week and write a complete short story in 30 minutes (laughs) uh (laughs) sorry i'm just um it's it's still so clunky our prompt what do you mean uh oh yeah there's yeah all three or four in 30 minutes yeah yeah but it's okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just think it's funny um if you uh want to see hear the words as as, as soon as they come out the best way to do that is to follow us on twitter which is at right thing cast you can even turn on notifications you know we won't spam you we don't retweet things that often so the only notifications you'll get are of uh (laughs) posting a a prompt or you know being late on the episode or, or things like that for the most part um you know hit that bell right um, uh, I think it's not a bad idea. You can also send us an email at writethinkcast.gmail.com just to say hi, just to say, you know, tell us how you're doing, how you're feeling, what's up. Um, you know, send us your 30,000 word manuscript, whatever you want. I mean, we won't read that, but we, we will have it for us to hold on to. So, uh, <laughs> lo- lots of options here re- regarding communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want us to help us out, there's plenty of ways to do that. You can tell a friend, uh, who's looking for something to do. Um, 
uh, you know, it, it's NaNoWriMo. If, if someone needs help uh, getting their word count down, you know, doing the right thing is, is probably a pretty good way of doing that. And we absolutely encourage everyone who is taking on that challenge. Um, y'all are doing a, a, a great job. I am too depressed right now <laughs> to take on something like that, uh, to be honest. Uh, but I, I highly commend everyone who who is taking undertaking that challenge. Definitely. And also, if you want to support us uh, monetarily, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate a dollar or more per month and you will get access to the Doof Media Discord where we talk about all things podcast. Uh, there's also plenty of other rewards in here. Uh, at the the five dollar five dollar level, you get to join for our doof and chills. Uh, once a month, uh, we do a sort of a special activity. They're always a lot of fun. I always look forward to them, and uh, I highly recommend that everyone uh, considers joining at that level. The one uh, going on this month is going to be really really fun. We'll be uh, reading a spec script of uh, the OC um the the show that what you say covers um <laughs> except we'll all be putting on different characters and things like that it's gonna be a lot of fun we've we've just selected our our roles recently um i need to send that to jarvis to 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 pick some some lines to read uh but it, yeah it's a really really good time and uh i hope that a lot of people can show up for for that reading definitely definitely so matthias what's going on in doof media uh, so much is going on in Doof Media all the time. We are a party palace. That's <laughs> the words that I want to use. Um, so uh, we, we have some great analysis podcasts for Pale, uh, as, as y'all know. Um, and uh, Kingslingers covering uh, the Dark Tower series. More to say, covering the OC. Um, lots of media analysis going on. And don't forget, there's there's plenty of old stuff, too. If you haven't ever checked out Media MD, it's, it's a finished podcast. They went for four years um covering media but if you know maybe your favorite movie is on there maybe we, we we covered it or you can see the episode that i guessed it on or some of the ones that scott and matt guessed it on um there, there, there's so much else um uh, in uh, the doof media network and of course you can check out uh we've got worm if you haven't for some reason i'm sure you have or decomposing worm or what are some other finished podcasts i know we have at least like one or two others um uh, the daily planet is the mm-hmm. old doof cast um other things <laughs> Yeah, there's, so there's, there's there's plenty on on here, and uh, it's only going to continue to grow. So um, consider it. Yeah, I mean, hey, w- when you have a whole backlog of uh, content, uh, it's worthy of, of listening to. I mean, Doof Media has been around for four years, and we are consistently cranking out great content. So please go and listen to it when you get the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even go listen to uh, the old so-called writers if you uh, want a taste of a slightly different podcast and uh, maybe try out their prompts. Uh, it certainly helped me. It's the same thing. It's just three words. Um, but it's it's a re- yeah, it's a really good time. And I know that I really enjoyed it. Definitely. Definitely. So I think it's time to announce next week's words. Isn't it, Matias? It might be. Hey, hey, can you give me a can you give me a drum roll? fantastic and and next week's words are flatware spin thumb and tie um yeah so flatware i don't actually know what that is i'm gonna look that up right now Mm because i don't know me neither
Okay. Um, so apparently flatware is uh, basically just cutlery. Any hand implement used in preparing, serving, and especially eating food in Western culture. Mm. Um, so eating utensils uh, such as knives, forks, and spoons, or and or relatively flat dishes such as plates and saucers. So I don't think anyone uses that word that way. So uh, this is basically a free word. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with it. Um, apparently, it uh, basically peaked in the the, the late uh, 20th century. Wow. <laughs> uh, but has not been used in the 21st century, like, at all. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically kind of used as a, as a fill in the blank. Is, is That's how I would use it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so spin, as in something is uh, spinning around in, in circles, or the uh, spin of an electron. That's a, that's a thing that Ooh. I realized recently. Um, or, or somebody else, it's a sort of a revolutionary, uh, movement, um, <laughs> revolving movement, a thumb, which is your, uh, thickest, uh, finger on your hand. The biggest one. Um, people always fight about if, if a thumb is a finger. I think, of course it's a finger. Yeah. That's silly. It's just the it's best just, one. It's the best finger. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, and tie, as in to tie something into a knot, as in a tie that you wear, which is also also only called that because you you tie it into a mm-hmm. knot or tie or dye a tie or tie mm, no tie dye is a tye mm, sorry i think isn't it actually i think so yeah yeah you're you're probably right yeah yeah because it's uh no it it can't no it apparently is this tie dash dye i don't know actually but um tie dye yes because you do tie the shirt into a knot and then you you put it inside of dyes yeah um and uh of course uh something can end in a tie like we're very lucky that the election didn't yeah we are quite lucky and uh, also uh along with those words your challenge for next week is of course to create a nested story a story within a story and also next week we will be uh reading the story for Four Beasts in One by Edgar Allan Poe. And uh, this story deals a lot with imagery. So so for the week after next, your challenge will be imagery. Sure. Well, all right. Hey, Matthias, what story are you going to write next week? It's a good, that's a good question. So um, I'm actually going to be uh, doing a, a story about a, a cyberpunk uh, future um where everything is two di- dimensional where mm. we get into a um it, it into a sort of cyberpunk world there's a a cyberspace um except it's a two dimensional cyberspace and so the technology used to get there is called f- flatware and um you <laughs> how you do it is you get this uh piece of flatware and you put it into your thumb um and then you uh you jack in you plug your thumb directly into a usb um on a computer and that's how you get yourself uploaded in there and it's sort of uh when you get in there it's a little bit chaotic at first with all these uh things spinning around you um of course it's very limited what you can see because you are uh just one of in in the matrix um 
uh, and uh, it's sort of uh, so it's sort of hard to get tied down in definitions. Very abstract place, uh, but story is about how someone gets in there, and um, they uh, get rich <laughs> and retire. I was going to say die, but I, I, I said it a lot. So uh, that's my story. It's about getting uploaded to a 2D space. It's basically Terraria, except cyberpunk. Mm, yeah, that's pretty sick. Well, uh, my story for next week is going to take on a different tone. I'm going to focus on the circus. Specifically, a uh, failed circus act. You see, Timmy is uh, one of those uh, plate spinners, you know, one of those one of those flatware spinners. But the issue here is that to properly spin any sort of flat surface, you need all of your fingers. Well, Timmy is all thumbs, not just having one thumb, but having five thumbs where his normal fingers would go. And you see, throughout his whole life, he's been he's been ostracized. He's been bullied. He's been kicked around because he has very weird-looking hands. But he have, he finally found his place in the circus amongst the the bearded lady and the man that can eat seventeen swords. So through this, so through this small community that he has built, he gained the confidence to finally go to the circus competition where he went toe-to-toe with every other circus act in the entire world and timothy got pretty far not the farthest he he sadly stopped in the semi-finals in a tie between him and a and a, and a famed flame-throwing flame-eating swordsmith so Timothy sadly had to go back to his little cottage uh, that's being dragged behind this great circus. But Timmy, but Timmy has something that he never had before: confidence and clarity, and that his life is going in the right way. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, I uh, recently watched the uh, Greatest Showman for the seventeenth time, so I thought this would be the best time to to tell this story i want to have a i want to have five thumbs what if you only had what if you had five thumbs okay 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 here's here's actually yeah what if you had two thumbs on one hand yes but no thumbs on the other hand Mm, so the other hand is just like palm well no you just have another finger instead of you you switch you switch your pinky for your thumb on the other hand do you think you would be more powerful or less? I think you would definitely have a lot more grip strength. So yeah, you would basically be like the Hulk except green, not as angry, and not as strong. Mm, so mm. you would so you would basically um, be like you would have the power of a man if that man had one extra thumb. Wow, that's that's true. You mm-hmm. would. Um, I, so I, I, I heard about a surgery where someone, um, they lost their thumb, but the, the, so they basically cut off their big toe and attached it to their, to to where the thumb used to be. And so they just had like a toe thumb because it's more useful on the hand than on the foot. And, um, that's really cool. I want to do that and just have an extra thumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, wait, 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 wait. What if someone, what if someone, what if what if you take the archetype of someone having a hook for a hand, but you just make it their thumb? What if someone a has a has a hook hand. for a thumb? 
Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> no! You know, like uh, like a, one of those one of those thumb the thumbs thumb from Spike. <laughs> okay, look, they, those things were legitimately scary to me yes. when I was a kid. Those were, fever but also, dreams. yeah, they were horrible. But also the also the the dad gets turned into a drawing. That was yes. horrifying to me too. <laughs> I hated that. But also <laughs> the word thumb thumb. I love thumb. it. I love saying that thumb thumbs. It's, it's great. so great. And it, they're little henchmen. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I think Flugly had it right. You know, like yes, he had the worst means, but the end goal to control everything and to uh, insert these ideas into the youth's mind. Well, personally, I think that was the right thing to do. Okay, let's do a let's do a doof over on on the Spy Kids yes. series. Honestly, I, all of them, one through four. Have you seen the the fourth one? I have not seen the fourth one. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, <laughs> it's so bad. I think I might have seen some of it, but I I don't remember if I watched the whole thing. I mean, the best, anyway, best one is Spy Kids uh, three game over. That's Hands enough. Up. No no more. Uh, that's all we have for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do the right thing. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Have a good night. Stop. <laughs>